Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Rank Up, a fortnightly on-page SEO podcast where we talk about technical SEO, content optimization, search engine news, and much more. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, as always, Ben, and I am joined once again by my regular co-host, Ed Wilson. How are you today, Ed? Yeah, good, thanks, Ben. Um, week one or two into lockdown part two, um, yeah. I, I think it is. Um, and yeah, I guess this the topic of today's... Uh, show I guess is somewhat related towards that so yeah really excited um, for the guests today and you know the topic that we're going to be exploring. Excellent yeah and uh, when this comes out hopefully we'll be out of national lockdown because it uh, will be end of November start of December so we'll see but hopefully the end will be in sight a lot more than it is now. Um, And as you mentioned there, we do, of course, have a guest for this episode, as we always do. Uh, And we're excited to say that our guest today is JC Connington from Cancer Research UK. Uh, JC is the senior SEO and search strategist. We'll find out a bit more about what that means during the episode. Uh, But how are you doing today, JC? I'm doing well, thank you, um, and thanks for having me on, guys. It's a, a pleasure to um, you know to converse and chat. Um, and as you said, it, you know we're now well into a lockdown version two point zero. So uh, yeah, there's there's probably plenty plenty of stuff we can get our teeth into in terms of um, search content and COVID. Um, but yeah, it's it's nice just to be able to to kind of socialise even on a podcast yeah. with other people. So <laughs> yeah, I mean this uh, although this is quite a topical. Uh, piece of content for the moment i i think unfortunately it's going to stick around for the next couple of months so i don't think it'll become any less relevant anytime soon um yeah which, I, I you know, think... get good for the podcast but less <laughs> less good for all of our lives <laughs> definitely i i think um you know on a kind of uh a kind of search searching COVID. No, I think um, in a way, a lot of stuff that we've seen happen with SEO and COVID related content and cu- guidelines and considerations. I think in a way, um, what what we've seen is more of an acceleration of stuff that was already there, already there in terms mm. of how the algorithm works, how content is crawled, how it's understood, search intentions, eat as well, expertise, authoritiveness, yeah. trustworthiness. Yeah. It's, it's almost been, um, you know, stuff that Google's laid out before in previous algorithm updates, we've just noticed so much more of that being accelerated yeah. to, to fight misinformation and, you know, um, fake news. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, yeah. I, think it's, I was just going to mention, I think it's, I think we, because we, in March, April, May, uh, if, um, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, we kind of, we slightly touched upon about how business should initially approach this, but now it's been in the net, you know, the last few months, we've not really touched upon how, Google looks to serve information in terms of search result pages. So although I think we discussed like how a company should address with like opening hours, what they should address on their website in terms of their approach to COVID, I think this is going to be a new portal to, you know, now it's very much in the past few months, how, what is, it, what is you know, COVID SEO and what's it's displaying in the SERPs is going to be a new topic that we've not really addressed or yeah. touched upon. Yeah, I mean, I think when it first started, we weren't really Mm. sure how long it was going to stick around for because, Mm. you know, at the time the government was saying we were going to go into lockdown, be out by the summer, then we might, you know, be getting back to normal by Christmas. So we thought if we say stuff in March, how relevant is that going to be even come the summer? But Mm. I think as, as you've mentioned there, JC, it's become apparent that this is a longer term thing and the ramifications that it has are going to go beyond this lockdown period and whatever happens over the next two months anyway it's not going to become unimportant anytime soon 
Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with what you both just said there. And I, I think I think it's it's a classic SEO situation where, you know, in terms of prioritization, like what should we focus on? Should we give more focus to technical SEO, web accessibility, on-page tactical stuff we can maybe do quickly, the kind of quick yeah. wins we can work, work out with our teams, or or is it more strategic stuff? We we should start factoring in because of what's happened. And, and as you guys say, the, the fact this isn't going anywhere soon, yeah. um, it might mean that we just have to maybe look at content um, in terms of publishing, in terms of you know making some checks and balances on it just before we launch it. Campaign content, how is it going to affect that? Um, yeah. I mean, we've seen little examples that have affected us in a really big way. Um, one good example is if you guys are used to searching for events uh, on Google, yeah. we all are so familiar with Google's schema events box that comes up, the events carousel. Um, so if you search for something like you know, 10K run near me or you know um a killer's gig near in london um you'll often see that events carousel pop up there and yep. we know that around 70 percent of people tend to use that box and interact with it and stay in that events carousel once they clicked into it so it, firstly it's really important to get your your event um in there but secondly with covid what google did was they switched on a little thing that affects that box and there's now a little bit of red copy that comes up on the box. So if you search for a gig or, or an event where there's going to be people, there's a little click through, another click step you have to um, basically click into, which is mm. um, you know, it says something like, you know, um, uh, events currently might be affected by COVID, click to proceed. So it's asking the user to make an extra step in their journey, which, of course, we don't want to put any extra steps yeah. in, in journeys because we're talking acquisition here and signups and, you know, raising awareness of, of all these events and gigs and sports events. So um, yeah. it's just so many things like that that we've seen being rolled out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get into a lot of that stuff today. Um, the, this is our, our knowledge panel episode where we've brought JC on to talk about uh, a topic that, that he feels passionate about and wants to discuss. And as I'm sure you'll have picked up by now, that is um, going to be this, this mad COVID SEO environment that we find ourselves in. Um, and JC, uh, we're going to find out from you in a second a bit more about what you do at Cancer Research. And uh, I think one of the things that makes you well placed for this episode is that um, the, the search strategy for cancer research is so is so diverse. You've got you know a massive website doing lots of different things and touching on lots of different areas that I think many SEOs would only be focusing on on a single one. Um, so so I think there's there's stuff you can say which is going to really help people whatever industry they're in, even if it's doing something completely different from what cancer research is actually doing. Yeah, I, I I hope that's the case, and um, I think like you mentioned there, I mean, we we can get into this, but but um, we for people who don't know, Cancer Research UK is the UK's largest charity, um, and we have um, you know a, a huge huge amount of content um, to contend mm. with, um, and that's something that you know in terms of the publishing frequency, we we have so many campaigns that are being launched week to week, quarter to quarter, and um, so many different aspects of our content. So, I mean, you, you touched on it there, but we have news content, e-commerce propositions, health information, blog content, user-generated stuff, um, yeah. publications. And, you know, so, yeah, I, I, I think... I think what that does, having that diversity and different touch points, it just makes my job more interesting. Mm. So we'll, we'll speak about your job now. So um, first and foremost, just to give us a bit of a background about you, 
Um, how did you get to where you are today? What, what's your journey in search? Um, it's a good question. I mean, I've worked in search for more than 10 years now. Um, and outside of my current role at Cancer Research UK, um, I've worked previously kind of cross-sector, in-house and agency. So yep. some examples of in-house, I've worked sort of more on the retail side. So Casio okay. is a notable notable company I worked for before, um, uh, doing sort of technical SEO stuff with them and Kirk and Kirk and other high-end fashion brands. So yep. that that's I've got that like e-commerce background. Um, and I've worked for companies like Live Nation as well. So I'm very used to like that that event side mm-hmm. um, of content and yeah, agency experience. And I guess you know I was around when SEO was becoming a thing, and um, I kind of you know it was a bit of an autodidact. So when Dreamweaver was around and it and it yeah. launched, I was kind of on Dreamweaver using it, you know. Yeah. using html and le- learning to code and um i think you know that it that was the time when you were literally optimizing web pages as just one entity and focusing on links you know mm. lots of links keyword density loads of emphasis on meta tags and almost like a crude but effective method of seo um sure. you know so so that that's probably in terms of my search history that's kind of um how i came to be where i am now and i think when the opportunity arose, I, I felt like I could add a lot of value. Um, mm. And essentially, because I've got quite a lot of different touch points in terms of my experience in different sectors, um, managing search, managing teams, and um, delivering SEO strategies in-house and, and to different clients at agency level, I, I felt like this was a good fit because there's so many different types of content that they had. And I, yeah. in a way, some of the big questions for me in my role were and still are to an extent um you know how do i bring a higher level of content and search maturity to the hundreds of teams we have around the uk doing what they're doing so yeah that's that's a big thing you know it's all about strategy it's all about elevating consistency um ensuring that things are followed in a, in a you know um and aligned with google best practice and, and web accessibility and things like that um sure. and i guess it's a bit of a left bank left bank thing um yeah. I, I was fortunate enough to have a, spent a few years in the music industry as well, and um, I had a number two single with a band called Junkstar. Um, we toured with like Killers, White Lies, Kate oh, wow. Nash, Dandy Warhols, lots of lots of big big name bands. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think I think that sort of that didn't quite take me away, but that was yeah. almost it's just this this period of my life where I was like, okay, SEO can just take a back seat for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, um, while I do all this stu- other stuff, but um, but yeah, I, I I've always been into search, into content optimization, um, yeah. and I think, you know, you get asked these questions, you know, especially when you're up for these positions, and you know, people like to split things off and into technical on page and off page, and yeah, I get that, but I think we probably all know that as the years have gone on, there's so much overlap between UX and paid and organic and mm. technical web access. But, you know, all these things, we, we're having conversations more and more with with our engineers, with our devs, with our UX teams. And this, the same things they care about, we're finding as SEOs that we care about too. And um, I think that's it's a really good place to be at the moment if you're working mm. in watch. So, I mean, your your job title, at least sort of in the one of the forms that I've seen it, includes search strategist. So is that alluding to this idea that it's, although you're, you're maybe primarily SEO, you you do other things as well and you're involved in other areas of the business? 
yeah, I mean, essentially those things would be spinning plates and using the wall as a headbutting practice pad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, joking aside, yeah, I mean, um, the strategist part of it, obviously it is fraught with difficulty. And um, I think what I just touched on there, which is, um, you know, collaboration and the fact mm. that we are finding ourselves in in the industry, if we can call it that, um, mm. You know, working much more closely now or having to work much more collegially with other teams in different disciplines like the UX teams and the devs yeah. and the engineers. And I think the more the SERPs start to surface information in a certain way, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but there's a few big updates coming uh, that we've been that we can talk about. Um, one of them is called the page experience update, which I know a lot of SEOs will be kind of stressing about and quite anxious about what, what yeah. can I do. But again, this is a good example of when Google announces that there is a huge algorithm change coming, um, and that isn't very often that they produce that much documentation for something like that. I mean, usually, yeah. you know, I, th I think there are around 2,000 small algorithm changes every year, but maybe a couple of big ones in there um, mm. specific to content types. So, we, you know, the Medic update was a good example of an update they, they released where the aim was to be... Um, essentially changing the algorithm for how results are surfaced for health information, well-being, fitness, leisure, that kind of stuff, um, yeah. and your money, your life content. Um, and obviously, there's been other more generic updates like, you know, Hummingbird and uh, Rank Brain and things like that that have, have sort of focused on almost uh, components of algorithms rather than a mm. content, right? But I think in terms of strategizing, that's part of it. It's being aware of the flight of travel that search yep. engines Making. And that's not just Google. I mean, we we would have to be aware of all the new search engines. I say new, but you know, yeah. things like Ecosia, mm. DuckDuckGo, with the advent of you know Cambridge Analytica, data concerns, privacy, targeting, all this stuff that so many people, um, even ourselves at Cancer Research, sometimes get called out for in terms of tracking and, and governance. Um, mm -hmm. It's so important that we factor in not just. How can I make my copy better? Um, can I change my heading? Uh, you know, how should I use schema on my FAQ page? And 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 you know, um, there's all that stuff to focus on. Sure, the tactical stuff, but we have to also be aware of changes in the field, changes that mm. are coming up, and we have to try and deliver those messages to our teams in a way they can understand and and you know help us to do something about. So yeah. So yeah, I think in terms of strategy, um, it, it is about looking forward um, yeah. and not necessarily looking back. Um, but whilst I say that, I think one thing that we do need to be mindful of as SEOs when we're strategizing is, um, you know, ha questions like, what should I prioritize? What, yeah. what, it, it's great to sort of say, look, there's a massive piece of tech debt or there's, there's some legacy issues that we need to deal with. Mm. But strategically, whilst that might, might seem like a good idea and something that's been around for five or 10 years and you think, right, I'm going to come in here and clean this mess up now. Um, it, it is a question of understanding ways of working with your team in your agency. What can get done? What are the workflows like? What are the pressures for other teams? And it's really good mm. to ask those questions and not just focus narrowly on, on your own team's aims and objectives. And what, whilst that is what drives you forward, it is great. Just, you know, go and speak to the the head of the dev team and say, look, we, we've got all these great ideas. We'd love to do this stuff. Yeah. How can we, how can we put, give this to you guys in a way that, that, you know, that we can actually hack through it. Um, and I think having those conversations with other teams um, and bringing other people 
on board with you. It's really, really crucial, um, especially in 2020. I, th I think that's where we're at now. I think yeah. working in a siloed way, um, often with the blinkers down and the hammer down, that's that's fine and we can get a lot of stuff done. But I, I think when it comes to strategic stuff, that's really when we've got to be having those conversations with stakeholders and other yeah. teams and, and just, just bringing them with us. Yeah, I, I mean, for cancer research as well, as we've alluded to already, um you have well, you've got teams across the country um and the website itself is doing more complex things maybe than a lot of websites that people in seo have worked on or, or at least just doing more things um so what are the main areas that you have to focus on when you're talking about this you know your, your seo and your strategic role uh, what what different kinds of content and, and different kinds of website areas um are your core focuses um, I, there's quite a lot. I mean, we have around seven different CMSs. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, we work on <laughs> Which, yeah, it's a lot, right? It's a lot. Um, so yeah, we, there's different builds of Drupal we work with, WordPress. Um, we have 157 different subdomains that are live. Wow. Um, we have a science blog, cancer news in, uh, articles. E-commerce propositions um, for Stand Up to Cancer and Race for Life and just for the main Cancer Research UK brand. We have an online mm -hmm. um, One of the main areas, and of course, I, I would say the thing that probably is what we're about is the health and cancer information, the cancer content that so many millions of people um, use, read, store engage yeah. with, um, which is essentially all about cancer content. And we also have a forum, um, and if anyone's listening, and, and just to say, we do have a forum called Cancer Chat, which is the biggest of its kind um, in Europe. And um, it, it's a place where people can share their experiences, day-to-day -day anxieties, just about coping and living with cancer and stuff. And mm. um, it is moderated by nurses. So we, we've got all that going on. Um, then we've got around 3 million user-generated pages on our <laughs> fundraising subdomain. We've got Race for Life, Stand Up to Cancer, <laughs> um, you know, we, and we've got a lot of our main domain um, actually houses what I'd call our fundraising and marketing activity. So, you know, I mentioned previously, we're the biggest UK charity. So all the sports mm. events, 5K runs, 10K runs, marathons, swimathons, triathlon, community <laughs> fundraising, all, all that kind of stuff. You know, we, I think, was it last Friday or is it this? I should know this. We Football shirt Friday. Um, it was either last Friday or, or this Friday coming. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, so we've got all these... I guess, small to medium-sized campaigns that sit on the main domain. So, you know, we have that really authoritative evergreen content, which is forms a bulk on our masthead, if you like, the about cancer, mm. content, which is is there for people, diagnosis, screening information, symptoms, how to get checked, what to expect, living with cancer, all this kind of stuff. And there's mm. great video content to support that and, and infographics we have. Um, there's content there for clinicians and oncologists that deals with mortality rates and incidence rates and um, more of the clinical stuff. Um, and, you know, right now, one hub that we, we're doing really well organically for, um, which we've been supporting, is we have um, the biggest COVID-19 and, COVID and cancer hub. Okay. Um, in the uk so <clears throat> as you guys might might or might not know um 2.1 million people missed appointments missed yeah. screenings uh just because of the the resourcing in the nhs and it's no one wants that but it's just a reality so of course it, you know the onus is on us to have that content in place to support people to make them 
you know, um, understand that we're there for them and they can talk to us um, and, and get in touch and also, you know, use the information that's there um, yeah. to, to, to kind of either set them at ease, put the mind at rest, or just to try and answer the questions that they might have. Um, so, yeah, it, it is super varied, the content that I work with and yeah. the breadth and depth of methods and tactics of search and SEO. It's it's pretty unparalleled, I think, in my experience. Yeah. Well, I just want to pick up on that um, uh, COVID and Cancer Hub that you mentioned there, because um, I think a lot, a lot of businesses and and charities as well will have been um, having to turn around content quite quickly and comment on quite topical issues. Uh, I know, for example, I work with a law firm who had loads of different stuff to write because because COVID changed all sorts of things that they worked in, and one of the things we came up against was how to. Um, I guess how to identify what the opportunities actually were because there was no data on any of this really mm. um, and then sort of how to you know how to make sure that it was going to be timely and make an impact at the right time as well because at that point you're in the hands of Google actually indexing things and ranking them in time for it to make a difference so I was just wondering I don't know how involved you were in the practicalities of it but but whether you've got any insights into um, how you were able to kind of understand what you should be writing about and then also whether it was able to kind of be in place in time to have the impact you were hoping? Yeah, it's a really good question, actually. Um, I guess to answer the first bit of your question first, um, mm. in terms of the writing of the content, getting it uh, looking and sounding and feeling that that it's, it's you know, authoritative and it has the kind of clout behind it that it, that it requires, yeah. I think... You know, it, it, it again. I used this word before, but it was a collaborative effort, and the the content itself is written and put together by um, are about cancer and health information teams, mm-hmm. um, and that we have in those teams. They obviously they do work alongside and in partnership with bodies like the NHS, for example. Um, mm. So, so the kind of information we have is written, prepared, um, edited, um, and published by and with these huge um, health concerns um, who will obviously work with them on, on aligning with what kind of information should look like. Um, and, it, you know, we, we have teams of nurses and oncologists and clinicians who kind of feed into that. Um, mm. So we can kind of feel that when we launch that content, that it is authoritative, that it has been written by experts, um, yeah. that Google itself will look at that information and it will be in alignment with, um, you know, essentially, um, the, the guidance that they provide for businesses, brands, and, and, and health providers at this time. So, yeah, yeah. So, in terms of the process, that that's not something that I would write. But then, you know, there were there were things things where we obviously supported that in terms of um, you have a landing page, a COVID nineteen landing page, and then mm-hmm. we have different um, different parts of content that sort of um, branch off from that. So, obviously, we we help the team in putting that together in terms of the information architecture. So we want essentially a landing page um, is there, but then off that you have, you know, if you've got symptoms, what should you do? Current cancer treatment and COVID, um, coping with cancer during lockdown, shielding Mm. advice for patients, going to hospital during the coronavirus pandemic, um, and so on. So, um, you know, and then there's advanced, there's, I think there's links off to things like advanced cancer and COVID, cancer screenings, how have they been affected? So, right. um, and we also link, we also, you know, again, a general, um, a general kind of uh, 
rule of thumb that us SEOs always go on about is ensure you're using decent internal linking, yep. link, link from one, one part of your site to another where relevant, and, you know, use anchor text. So we, we do link um, from this hub to our science blog where there might be articles about, you know, updates, things that are happening in the news around COVID, vaccination. Mm. We're also running some trials as well, some COVID-19 spike trials. So we, ha we have all that going on too. Um, and, you know, one, one thing we, so we supported essentially with the structuring, a um, bit, bit of a keyword research funny is that um, it's funny because when we talk about COVID, we all talk about, well, COVID, COVID-19. Yeah. We yeah. tend to use that rather than in coronavirus, well, you know, just in conversation like now and because um, yeah. it takes less less air, right? But, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, if, I, I think one thing you notice if you go into any keywords, keyword research tool is that um, coronavirus is, I think, by quite a few million, a much mm. higher searched and much higher um, surface search term than COVID or any iteration of COVID, you know, COVID-19, yep. COVID-19, coronavirus far outperforms that. So, you know, one tip out there in terms of just a basic keyword thing is just make sure that you're not just using COVID term. Mm page make sure you are talking about coronavirus um if you're a health provider if you're a business owner with physical locations you know it's good mm. to use those terms interchangeably yeah no that, that's a really good piece of advice and it just goes to show as well you've you've always got to go on whatever data is available rather than whatever your personal preference would be in that situation no definitely yeah i mean i, I think that's that's i think that's become more important um I mean, it's always been important, but I, th yeah. I feel like I feel like there has been a slight sea change recently that um, COVID has it's changed up the way results have been surfaced. It's 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 changed up the way things are kind of um, being delivered to users out there. And I think um, it's meant that we're now looking at doing things. Not, I wouldn't say in the same way, but slightly differently. So um, you guys, you alluded to it earlier, Ben, where you mentioned um, what's what's hot one week isn't hot the next, and I think. Yeah something like Google Trends. I mean, that's that's something that like historically I've been, I've always been quite suspicious about Google Trends. It's been yeah. so, something that I've used, but I've used almost to add a bit of value at the end of a yep. bit of research I'm putting together or if I'm making a set of recommendations to teams or to a client, um, Google Trends sometimes, you know, it's right, you know, this is good stuff for a copywriter. This is good stuff. Here's some breakout topics. Yeah. Uh, here's some stuff for your seasonal goods or seasonal peaks and troughs and maybe like you know you can um tap into that when you're in terms of when you're going to launch certain category pages or product pages on your site but i think now google trends has become more useful because you know what one week you might search for one thing and the next week you're seeing results for the same search yeah but, but it's showing you different things and and this is all about search intentions and this has changed massively um in covid and um, I was chatting to Alina Ghost actually recently on a, a, another podcast. She, she's got a, I don't know if we can give her a shout out, but Alina. I know, give a shout out yeah. to whoever you like. <laughs> yeah, SEO with Mrs. Ghost. Um, so check that out. Um, Alina's great. And um, we were chatting about a few examples of this, this very thing, which is that when, uh, before COVID kicked in and lockdown kicked in, if you if you searched for home office, um, you know, you'd, you'd be surfacing results about the civil service and about, not yeah. God, but you say, right? But yeah. then, Two months into lockdown, home office, all of a sudden, uh, DIY home offices, working from home, want a yeah. home office. You know? So it goes to show that the search is the same that you make, but the intention behind it's very changed because of life, because of what's happening. And it's interesting to see how Google 
has kind of noticed that how the algorithm knows that you know most people searching for these two two words now they mm. probably mean they probably want to find diff a different thing than you know some stuff from the government website um yeah so i think again just to go back on your point that that shows where keyword research and google trends can come in useful because you can find out that stuff before you launch the content yeah Absolutely. I think Google Trends is something that I've used more in the last six to nine months than I've ever used in the rest of my SEO career, because sometimes it's the only option you've got if you need to find something as recent as the last week or month. Yeah, I know, because a, lo a lot of these tools that we all use, it's you only get like, you know, um, they only update monthly, right? So yeah. and, and, and that that's an issue. And I, I you know, I, I wonder, I mean, we, um, we use one tool that actually give them a shout out conductor um, they're, okay. they're brilliant. And uh, in that platform, they, you do get to see uh, weekly social trends, um, regional breakdowns of, of search terms and things like that. So you have got some stuff in a platform like that, but I, um, the other side of the coin, I mean, it's great that we're saying Google trends is our friend, but yeah. um, just to say, there's a great, uh, great read from um, a blog on SEMrush from a couple of years ago, which, uh, and this is a good test for anyone listening, which is if you if you type something into Google Trends, um, and it might be I don't know, um, you know, a re re reusable or recyclable face masks, and you know you put your filters on, make that search in Google's Trends, um, then f wait five minutes, do it again, and sometimes it can show you very different results. So <laughs> there is still an an element of skepticism I have around Google Trends. Yeah. Um, but it might just mean that, you know, the algorithm that it uses, the, the data that it mines, is constantly being updated. It's always getting fed into. So maybe that explains it. But yeah. I suppose there's, there's a positive and a negative way you could look at it, depending on what your inclination is at the time. Exactly. And I think as SEOs, we're, we're very well versed in, you know, using data to le legitimate um, a particular point of view sometimes <laughs> just to get things done. Right. So, <laughs> yes, maybe, absolutely. Maybe we're very, very good at controlling the narrative. That's it. That's it. And, that, and that's what it's all about. And we can finish the podcast. Now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On that slightly sinister note, that will lead yeah. to a lot of people never trusting us again. Uh, or, or me specifically. Me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to say anything, but you were the one that said it. I know, I know. Um, I, I wanted to touch on as well, it, we've talked about a lot of the broader trends that you've seen, and we, we've talked about your COVID um, your COVID content, but mm. as we've said, there are a lot of different areas going on in the, in the website. You've got some e-commerce going on. You've got events. You've got, I mean, even even local listings when it comes to the the high street stores. So, yeah. I was wondering if there's an area in particular where you've had to adapt things more than others, um, particularly in terms of your SEO strategy, given everything that's happened over the last nine months. That's a good question. I think, um, you know, I, I think. I think we have. I think um, I think what COVID's done is it's brought up uh, a range of questions internally because of what's happened for us. And again, this is something that it, it's, it goes for anyone across sector, whether you're whether you're an SEO working on just you know um, volume and e-commerce, whether you're an SEO who's working on financial services propositions, whether you're an SEO working on just informational content, and it's all about mm. raising awareness. Um, news uh, it, it doesn't really matter i think what covid's done is it's made us all sit up and kind of say look are we are we asking the right questions internally should we change our focus what should our strategies focus on and and how can we or how should we be adapting to it and i think i think you know just to focus on on us and me i think mm -hmm. um, in, in terms of how it's changed uh, i think job wise if you look at our sector and jobs i think um 
SEO, the value has changed that brands, businesses and clients are placing on it now in organic search as well, because um, as business obviously needs to reduce its ad spend and dial down external spends because we're yeah. all losing money out there. Um, and for us, um, we're around 75% down year on year because, you know, people aren't donating as readily. Um, yeah. our, our COVID, the lockdown sadly affected us directly with um, all our summer and spring events. And we have thousands of different sporting mm. events that people would take part in. Race for Life's the biggest sort of headline one we do, but we did have Race for Life at home. So we, you know, and, and kudos to uh, Major Tom for his sterling efforts in, in, in kind of, you know, propelling that to the yeah. map. And, you know, uh, it's it's really been that one kind of way where we're saying, like, let, let's adapt to the situation. We can still do something like this, but it's got to be at home. So that was a good example of us trying to do that, trying to say, look, you guys who are loyal to the brand, you guys who support us, you guys who race race for life for people, uh, for some people, is very close to the heart and they might do mm. it here. Yeah. So you can still do it and you can still help us. Um, so we have adapted some stuff up campaign wise in that way, which is um, can any of our ca campaigns be done at home? And another good example of adaptation there is triathlon. And that's, that's essentially typically been, um, you know, a monthly, monthly thing, which is stop drinking for a month. And, you know, we've yep. got around the benefits of that to bring people into the different parts of the funnel. And um, it's always been a very popular campaign. It's one of our well-known ones. But of course, you're telling people who are now faced with a pandemic to stop <laughs> drinking at all. So <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it's not, this is not me advocating drinking, but I, we know that people's habits have changed, let's yeah. say, during lockdown. And that's completely understandable. So yeah, we adapted triathlon and we said, look, now the challenge is stop drinking for a week, you know? So we, yeah. again, it's, it's, it's not almost um, trying to encourage more drinking, but it's saying, look, the, 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 the parameters of life have shifted. And, and I think um, as SEOs, it's again, using the tools we have at our disposal and looking at the content we have, yeah. um, it, it is something where we can adapt it. And it's not a question of saying, well, hold on this content, doesn't really fit pandemic life. It's, it's like, well, actually, what if you just change that up? What if you get creative? So I think being creative and almost almost being as an SEO, someone who's looking at content with creative eyes, don't just look at it with your technical data obsessed yeah. eyes. You know, look at this content and think, oh, hold on, is this going to? How can I make this work now? Can I speak to the team? Let me let me dip into trends. Let me do my keyword research. Let me go and look at anyone else out there who's maybe doing similar stuff have they changed their content so mm. do that competitive piece and actually um like i said major tom he was he was the prime mover there he, he started that off i mean um and I, I think you know he sort of led the way not only in the amount of money that he raised and, and in a really amazing effort but he kind of showed us look this guy's gone and shown us what how we can adapt ourselves so um again it's just being aware of of what's going on what other people are doing so not just looking at your own stuff in a blinkered way um yeah and i think you know team wise um like i said it has made us ask different questions to adapt which is can i still deploy the ideas i have and sure. do, the, do the objectives that i've got for q1 q2 q3 q4 with my team what's in the workflow what tickets have i got in the workflow what are the what are my developers working on are they still what tickets that you know can i pull them out um how important are they and yeah. this is hard to do when essentially especially for us we've got more work on our shoulders more pressure more yeah. requirements to work organic organic make work harder to bring us back to even so you know i think strategically um one 
one thing that I've been quick to sort of implement is that, uh, and I think it's something the charity is doing as well, is that um, it is all about recovery. And I think that takes two lines and that's growth. Of course, yeah. we need to look at adaptation first, as you said in the question, but also part of the thing is protection. Um, and that's protecting content that you already have that maybe can't adapt. And, you know, I think, I think the page experience update, uh, which we'll get to is a good example of yeah. how, how we can protect content in the background um, and make that a strategic thing that we can kind of just keep, keep buzzing away quietly on. Um, whereas we, we might be adapting a lot of content um, in the short term to do different things. And, you know, yeah. I think, one one uh one good tip I've got for e-commerce SEOs out there. So anyone who's working with products, category pages, and that sort of thing. Um, and where did I get this from? I'm trying to think. You know, you read so you've taken so much, and it just becomes a big blur. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it was when I um you know I did this presentation to um a range of people around yeah. COVID nineteen and how how searches have, have been affected by COVID, but. One interesting small change, but a really critical one for e-commerce um, sites is um, ensure that your stock is marked up as either in stock or out of stock. So don't just have stock that's there and mm. it's not marked up with the positive signal or a negative one, because Google has now made a very hard association with your inventory uh, and relating that inventory of stock to a positive or negative signal. So yeah. If, if you've got that item in stock, mark it up. You can use schema, so you can use JSON schema, or you can mark it up with a data highlighter. It, that's the second best thing. And the third best thing, but still effective, just use some copy. Just manually do this to your products. Yes, it's going to take some time. It's mm. a bit of front work. Um, and that's just because products, as people work from home and, and we're all locked down, um, Google's really, really um, showing in the SERPs that the products that, rank on the first couple of pages are the ones that are marked up in stocks because Google wants to give every one of us who are so stressed and I finesse the algorithm to give those preference to sites that are marked up correctly, just, just to help users out there um, who who want to know where can I get this stuff right now? You know? Yeah. We we were having a very, uh, a conversation along these exact lines with a client that both Ed and I were in earlier today. Um, They do, uh, they sell various sort of construction materials uh, for, for DIY as well as trade. And they were saying they the guy we speak to is is very clued into SEO and was saying he's been he's been noticing how rankings have been very very closely tied to stock and products having very low stock or going out of stock will often lead to a drop of three or four positions on page one or if yeah. not off page one completely and then when they get stock back they they immediately go back to where they were before. Um, Interesting. And he well, he's been saying as well that he's been able to take that to the to the board and to the rest of the company and say we need to prioritize stock because yeah. we know it's going to be difficult we know there's supply problems and there's all kinds of wider shipping things going on well exactly and that, um, that, yeah that supply line has been hit hard and, and again yeah. you know it, it's it's a, again and it all comes down to um to that intention doesn't it to what what's driving the search is it a transaction is it information you want yeah. so that Absolutely. That's really getting that health information about COVID um, or the transaction. You know, I want a reusable face mask. I need hand sanitizer. I need loo rolls. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, yeah. But, sorry. I was going to say, I think we complain about Google a lot, or at least I do. But um, I think that's a, something positive that we can actually reward, or can't we, from a user experience point of view, is that actually we're being supplied pages that we can immediately buy from rather than pages that we can't, you know, basically interact with. 
Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I often say this that, you know, um, often SEOs get portrayed as kind of snake oil salesmen at times. And well, yeah. you told us that last year Google was doing this and now Google's doing this and Google are forever putting these kind of hurdles in the way. And my response to that kind of conversation is always actually it's just about us trying to work with the guidelines and they're not hurdles. They're just things that. Mm. You just said it there, Ed, which is that we need to just almost work with them. And what that will do is improve that user experience, essentially. And I think what you know, when you're looking at specific health content, so for anyone out there who's got health information, anyone who's self-employed and you've got, you know, you're a hairdresser, you're maybe a restaurant that was open in the eat, eat out to help out scheme, or and mm. hopefully that'll be, be the case again, but leisure centers and anything where you have a physical service or an offering um seos or guys out there digital marketers working on with sites like that um it's important that you get that covid page or an faq page something on those sites so that when users get to those sites they can see you know that the place is covid secure there's sanitizer there there's distancing in place um you know talk about the facilities you have um and mention that kind of stuff um and yeah. google actually has a, a resource for all SEOs out there, um, we can maybe put the link in the yeah, in the yeah, we'll do that. But but it, it really breaks it down. It gives resources for for general sites specifically. It gives a break off, I think, of education and also health and government sites. And there's quite specific things you can do um, if you're working in these areas. And obviously, with with us, um, you know, we wanted to be featured in some of the COVID announcements, so we can add special announcement structured data. Um, there's certain event properties, um, you know, that you can add in. Um, yeah. and, and also one one nice kind of copy SEO tip or content and search tip I, I'd give out there is I think when it comes to putting that content, if you're a hairdresser, if you're a swimming pool looking to open soon or a gym or a personal trainer, um, you know, and, and people are coming into a place, a physical location, um, just use ordinary language because people – concerned about COVID-19, we'll be looking for that COVID mm. secure information, just using ordinary language rather than precise medical terms. So, um, you know, and obviously um, I think um, it's important just to create your page titles, you know, all the, all the basic stuff, titles and meta tags and all the rest of it. And um, I, I think, again, you can add structured data, um, but if you are a medical or health provider or an educational establishment you can add specific covid structured data to your um to your website and different pages and, and therein um yeah. but but we can we can put a link out to that stuff at the end yeah that's really helpful thank you i, I think there's quite a few businesses out there that that need to know this kind of thing um there, there's one more i'm just wary of the the time slightly i don't want to keep you too long but there's one more topic that i know you're keen to cover and you mentioned it just there as well um page experience um, so I want to make sure that we we give you a good few minutes to talk about that. Um, it, that that seems to be a priority for you at the moment. Um, is that something that has been affected by by COVID? Have you changed your thinking around this, or is it something that you would have um, being be sort of considered to be important around this time of year anyway? Um, that's a good question. I think page experience, obviously, um, and core web vitals yep. came around um, to three or four, it feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> About three, three or four months ago, I think. It's worth just giving a bit of context. But, um, you know, the up, the update was announced that 2021, we're going to see this new update, the page experience update. And, um, and, and you know, what, what can we do about it? How do we factor it in? 
Um, and I think, you know, to answer your question more directly, um, have we changed up our thinking on it? Have we kind of left it on the cutting room floor? Um, no, we haven't. I think page experience, there's been so much documentation that Google have actually launched about it. Um, they've made a big fuss about it. Um, for those people who don't use Twitter, Twitter's a very fertile ground. A lot of um, big name SEOs hang out there and exchange a lot of information, case studies, tips, and everything else. Um, and John Mueller, Google's kind of search liaison, the top yeah. guy, uh, he, he's very, very vocal, very, um, you know, answers a lot of people's questions. So he's talked a lot about this. Um, and I think Page Experience and Barry Schwartz as well, um he's at rusty brick on twitter worth a follow um yeah. these guys have written quite a bit of stuff about it and I, I feel like google are telling us that it's not something that's going to kind of you know you won't see a website's traffic and the perform and impression share fall off a cliff however page experience is just google telling us look there are these three metrics that we've got to focus on now and we've always been focusing on them and, and essentially um they're not new metrics that we've just been told to focus on them so um essentially we should have always been looking at how do we bring the page speed down and you know mm. um you might say well has COVID changed it you know maybe the priorities are different well um i'd say this has made it maybe even more important so to give you a bit of a few stats that, that i put that I sort of put together um yeah this is the, great yeah skill there was a, a, a company called skill they put a great um research piece together it's 12 case studies and what they show is that one second of page speed um, will bring about 7% reduction in conversion and about 11% loss of page views. So yeah, yeah. that's, and, and if you then give that to Amazon, so a one second loss to Amazon equates to 1.6 billion pounds loss <laughs> per year. So that, and that was a few years ago, that was in 2018. So that's probably got worse now. So, and yeah. there is a tool out there, which again, we can put a link to this where you can put in, um, your page speed metric, and then you can put in, you know, take half a second off it, and it will give you, based on your average order value and, and other things from your from GA that you you put in yourself, um, it will actually give you the kind of improvements to conversion, the extra sales you'll make if you improve speed. So, you know, I think um, in the advent of COVID, that's broken businesses. It's it's meant we're we're all losing money. We've, you know, like ourselves, seen seventy percent, five percent less donations this year. So we're mm. having to make massive changes. So we need to make that back. It is all about recovery, and what better way to recover than to um, improve conversion? And this isn't the only thing we should focus on, but I think when it comes to technical SEO, that that element of SEO, that area, um, this is where you need to go and speak to your teams of engineers, your developers, and say, look, this is going to be pretty big. It's all, we've always tried to get our pages to load faster um, with these particular three metrics, which Google has put together in what they call core web vitals. Um, it's important to try and focus on them and find out the areas where we can speed our pages up. And Google Search Console, for those who don't know, it now does have a core web vitals uh, segment in Search Console. So Search Console will actually show you the kinds of pages and the groups of pages together where maybe you're not performing well. And if you want to just go out there and test if your page is performing well, and if it passes this page experience test, the core web vitals test, go to page speed insights, put your website's URL in and see what the result is. And it will tell you like this has passed the test or it's failed. If it's failed, you've got problems. And it's not, you know, I, I would put a caveat in here, which is um, these are things to aim towards. You're never going to get sure. 
back three seconds off in a week. It doesn't work like that. So, but knowing what we know about the reduction in conversion and lead gen and sales and engagement metrics, page views and so on, knowing, knowing what we know, having the case studies out there, and there's quite a few that do show this in black and white. Um, it's something I think that in terms of a recovery strategy from COVID probably mm. gives it more clout in a way internally. So I'd say, you know, like I said, go and speak to your devs, make those relationships if you haven't already and say, look, this, this is something I need your help on. We've got to work together on this. Um, and I think when you consider getting your content into news surfaces like the top stories carousel or Google Discover, featured snippets, jobs carousels, events boxes, you know, all, recipe cards, all that stuff. Um, yeah. All those all those areas in the SERPs are so important to bring people in at different points of your, your funnel and, and different places on your website. And I think if you ignore page experience, you will see over time yourself slowly just fall out those areas as well. And another thing we think, well, there's been rumors about this, but I think there's a direct correlation between page experience and voice search results. And okay. you know, um, and of course, if if your content is pretty similar to someone else's out there and theirs is faster, um, Google haven't said this is true, but it kind of makes sense that Google might serve up content that's going to load quicker and give someone a better experience. So yeah, probably in your interest to, to you know, to at least have this as a solid piece of strategy for the next next few years, you know? Yeah. And I'll just give Ed a quick chance to, to plug um, some, you worked on some content for Core Web Vitals recently, didn't you, to do with, with publications? Yeah, exactly. I guess what JC mentioned, uh, what we look to analyze, and I guess one of the industries that we feel could be potentially worse, well, be the area that would be, I guess, hit by it the most were the publications. So we've looked to analyze the Core Web Vitals across the uh, top publications worldwide. So I think we did 50 in total just to understand how they perform across like LCP, CLS, FID. So um, we basically scored them out, uh, uh, gave them a basically a weighted score across all three metrics. So it's pretty, I guess we'll put it in the show notes just to get yeah. an analysis of how these big publications across worldwide, how they currently stand with these web core vitals. Yeah, just a, just a quick plug there. <laughs> yeah, right. are, are you guys going to, is that is that published on the site or is that... Yeah, it's, I think a few people have um, been sharing it most recently. I think Samrish tweeted it yesterday, I think it was. So um, it's yeah. been active about uh, a week or two now, but it's, yeah, it's gaining some pretty good traction. I think we're going to only build on it as well. So look yeah. to um, analyze it over time as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what you mentioned there, Ed, is it's, it's bang on, which is the fact that if, if you're a publisher and you're working with news and comms stuff, then, you know, it is all about giving people relevant content very quickly. Fresh content is king and people want to read stuff on the go quickly and speed is, is you know, I'd say even more of a an important factor in content performance when it comes to, you know, publishers and, and everything else. So yeah, that that yeah makes sense. And um, I'll make sure I retweet that myself when I find it. <laughs> Uh, I think there's there's quite a few things we're going to put in the show notes there. So we'll make sure, JC, that we ask you to send us anything. So anything you've heard in this podcast, um, we'll, we'll make sure is linked and you can follow up on it um, cool. to sort of see everything in more detail because we've only been able to touch on what are quite a few uh, very, very handy pieces of content and studies over the course of this episode. Um, and I think we're going to have to we're going to have to call it there. We we had so many more questions we could ask, but. Uh, but this is just such a massive topic. I think we were ambitious to to think we could get through it in in forty five minutes or so. Um, but but I think hopefully linking those studies and things will will give you some more insights. And 
Um, it's something that I'm, I'm sure on the podcast we're going to be talking about a bit more in the future because, uh, as we've already mentioned, I don't think COVID is going anywhere uh, anytime soon. Um, but JC, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us today. You, you've shared so much great stuff there. Uh, and I'm sure there's going to be uh, all sorts of insights that people in various different industries, in-house and agency can take. So uh, thank you very much for your time. Thanks so much for having me, Ben and Ed. And it's been a pleasure. Well, last thing, we do want to just make sure people can follow you if they can as well, if they want to see anything else that you're doing. So what's the best way for, for our listeners to do that? Um, I guess Twitter would be the place where I tend to, you know, have conversations and talk about search related stuff uh, as well as... Yep as well as sharing uh, pictures of hedgehogs of the day, which is a... <laughs> and, they're, and they're very cute, I have to say. But yeah, my, my Twitter handle is at Big House Burning. Brilliant. We will also link that in the show notes as well so that people can see SEO and hedgehog-related content. Exactly, yeah. I mean, do you know what? There's actually a big a big thing on Twitter for SEO dogs, but I'm like, I, I'm not a dog owner. I have a cat, but he's pretty placid. So I, I've gone for SEO hedgehogs just for a bit of bit of diversity you know? i think i think that's excellent i'm sure many people will appreciate that <laughs> um, but, thanks so much. yeah that's well thank you and that is everything we have time for um i'm sure you'll agree there's a lot a lot packed into there so we hope you've enjoyed listening um but we're gonna have to wrap up this episode here uh, we will of course be back in a couple of weeks time with uh, more on-page SEO content as we head into the end of the year. Uh, we'll have a couple more episodes for you before we get into, into Christmas. Um, and in the meantime, we would really appreciate it if you could uh, leave a review on the podcast app of your choice. Uh, subscribe if you haven't already. All of that really, really helps us. Uh, we're still a fairly young podcast in the grand scheme of things. So uh, any anything like that is is really great for us and we would really appreciate anything you can do. Um, if you want to speak to me or Ed, uh, you can speak to us both on Twitter, just like JC. That's the easiest way, uh, although my account at least does not have any hedgehogs, I, I'm sorry to say. Um, and I am at Ben J. Gary with two R's in Gary, and Ed is at Ed JTW with two D's in Ed. Um, and we would also be remiss not to mention our sister podcast, Relaunching uh, Out Speech, uh, which actually launched originally around a similar time to Rank Up. Um, and has gone on a short hiatus uh, to be returning now at the end of the year. So that is Impressions Digital PR podcast, um, which is doing a similar thing to what we're doing here, but with everything off page and digital PR. Uh, so we, we encourage you to go and check that out and have a listen. Um, and as always, we also recommend uh, womenintechseo.com slash speakers uh, as another great way to find uh, all kinds of people writing and speaking about SEO. Uh, and alongside uh, Twitter, as JC has mentioned as well, you can find loads of big names and uh, insights there if you're interested in getting more into the topics that we talk about here. So that really will do it for everything today. JC, Ed, thank you so much. And uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks with your next episode. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.